Once upon a time, in a far, far away land, there was a podcast called Blanket Fort Books. And in episode 13, they discussed fairy tales. Hello, I'm Whitney. And I don't know why I'm doing this in like a scary story voice, but it feels fitting. I'm Rachel, and I'm a lot less scary than Whitney is right now. (laughs) I'm Gabe, and I'm floating on a cloud. To tell you some stories. Anyway, (laughs) uh, like I said, this episode is about fairy tales. So this week we all picked some fairy tales, some like like the old creepy ones, like by the Grimm brothers and Hans Christian Andersen, etc. And we're going to talk about them. But first, Gabe, what are you into this week? Uh, I'm into an album, I guess. It kind of flew under my radar in 2020, but it came out near the end of 2020. So that's kind of just timing for you. I was privileged to take a listen to We Will Always Love You, an album by the Australian electronic group The Avalanches. This would be their third album in 20 years because they like to work slowly, but... When they come out with a project, it is lengthy, and they put in the work because they really love to sample old music and vocals from like the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and then just mash them up, make new things out of it, and then also re-record instrumentals and new vocal contributions from a lot of people. On this album in particular, you've got like uh, Rivers Como from Weezer, you got Blood Orange, Karen O., um Denzel Curry all contributing to uh like the songwriting on this album and it's just like a really good vibe um it's kind of long but I really do think it's something to put on in the background and just kind of like savor because it's really chill um definitely would fall under the category of junk a jazz and funk combination as defined by the animated film Robots um Definitely recommend. Not for everybody, probably. It's a very slow burn. It takes a while to get started, but deep into it, it's really fun and kind of beautiful in a strange way. So I highly recommend if you thought anything I said was interesting or like any of those artists I mentioned, definitely take a listen. Oh, that sounds good. So what else are you guys into? I've been watching so much Archer. How far are you? Well, I've already finished the entire series, but I'm just re-watching it from the beginning again now because <gasps> um, there's another season coming out at some point. I forget when. Do you think you'll... Are you? Do you plan on finishing it again in time for the new season? Oh, yeah. You, do you think no. you can do it? Because <laughs> that's oh, long. Oh, I am doing it. Like, I'll probably be done, like, next month. Wow. As I said in a previous episode, 12 years of Archer. I can't believe it. I know. It's nuts. And so I'm just preparing last time, my mind. Last time I was watching it, the season where they like go back to the 20s or something, and it's like a mafia mm-hmm. version, that was like the mm-hmm. new season. So I don't remember how far back that goes. So many things have happened. How, so how, what things. season am I talking about? Do you know? 
like I want to say like three or four. Yeah, I think it was probably season four or five. It was whenever the term ISIS got canceled due to yeah, they, the real world ISIS. Yeah. That's what anyway, about I was. That's what I've been doing. That's like the only adult cartoon that I allow. But I won't go out of my way to watch it. Because <laughs> I, I used to make you watch it. Yeah, remember when we played a drinking game to it? Yeah, you are guaranteed to be a so drunk in the first three minutes. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think Every I was time... participating. Yeah, you were there. What? Obviously, it worked too well on yeah. him. So every time yeah. Mallory Archer took takes a drink, you take a drink. Every time one of them is holding a drink, you take a drink. Anytime oh, no. they say literally or danger zone or <laughs> no or I think if Carol Cheryl whatever her name is during the episode because it changes. Um, whenever she yells, maybe and yeah, it's, I think it's like, so. Yeah, it's like, anyway, so many things. I, I got a migraine just thinking about it. A hangover yeah. migraine. Yeah. I remember I poured Jameson into an old plastic water bottle to transport it to your house, and it tasted like ass. Oh, I don't oh. Even have to do it. <laughs> Drinking whiskey out of plastic <laughs> doesn't, oh my God, like I, I, my stomach is turning, and it might have something to do with the carbonated drink that I'm drinking, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was also the phase of my life where I drank um, apple crown royal like juice. <laughs> I remember. Oh, anyway. Um, now that my brain been? is melted, what are you into, Whitney? <laughs> I, um, oh, I'm going to talk about a movie that I rewatched because the other night I had an Amy Adams marathon and it was great. She's my favorite actress. I love her. Um, and I rewatched Nocturnal Animals. Oh, I love Which that movie. One yeah. of my faves. Um, and it was just so, so good. But also, I realized this time watching, it's literally just pro life propaganda. It is. Like, it so totally much. is. So much. It doesn't take away from the movie for me, but the whole time I was like, this is so, like, anti abortion. <laughs> I didn't feel it anti abortion. I felt like it was anti not being involved in a discussion that she never had. No, I totally I totally agree, but also also pro-life. <laughs> let women make decisions about their own body w- on their own cuz Yeah, I agree. They are the only ones whose opinion matters when it comes to things going on inside their body. That's my opinion and that's why nocturnal animals doesn't hit me in the way that it's intended. No, I agree. I totally agree because he was a little dramatic. He wrote a whole ass dramatic ass book about as revenge. How she, yeah, how she betrayed him by going behind his back and doing that. And I'm like, mm, it chill, was bro. like I, I can understand he's a little upset because it was kind of like a class thing, and apparently yeah, he no. wasn't good enough for her, and that's kind of why he was mad. But like, yeah, and like the fact that he that she left him for like another man, like a rich man who was like in her class. Like, well, I, I think understand. it's the fact that she left him and had kids with another man. Like, why wasn't his baby good enough? Kind of a thing. Well, I, I get that. I get that. But still, her choice. <laughs> but no, I do. I do understand. But yeah, that is one of my faves. It's really, really good. Um, it's really disturbing. Aaron Taylor Johnson is very, very scary in it. 
Um, especially the scene where he has a working toilet on his deck. Oh my gosh, that that's like the one of the first things I think about when I think about yeah, that movie. I know, it's such a small part, but I'm like, Also, why? that's like one of the most recent movies with just an amazing, flawless atmosphere that I can think mm, of. Like, it, yeah, you can't really like beat the, it. Yeah, and the score is really good and it adds so much to the, the movie, I the think. The driving, oh my good. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Anyway, anyway. yeah. Yeah, so let us get into the bulk of the episode. Um, who wants to go first with one of their fairy tales? I just have a quick little, I'll jump in with one of mine. Okay. Uh, Robin Hood, little, little Red, Little Red. Because I've, I've just seen this one redone in so many different ways. And like, I don't know, like from like books when I was a kid to, wasn't there like, a weird cartoon remake movie game that we watched. Oh, I got excited because are you talking about Hoodwinked? I am. Yeah. I love Hoodwinked. That movie is a classic. <laughs> I totally forget everything about it. Oh my other God, than it's so good. It had something to do with Little Red. I remember it yeah. thoroughly. Isn't it a Whoa. great movie? Do you agree? Uh, 10 out was, of 10. It was kind of ridiculous. Now that I think that, I feel like I need to watch it again while under the influence Mm -hmm. of substances, and it would probably be killer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, to be honest, I feel like all the stories I read about Little Red did not change throughout the years that much. I mean, the only difference is that in the Grimm's Brothers um, version, they are taking wine and cake to their sick old grandmother instead of like cookies there's some alcohol that a young child transported but that you know whatever and then she goes in the whole wolf thing and that the wolf is her grandma and blah 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 and then eventually the only thing that was a little more gross is that eventually they hear like this guy walks by the wolf snoring after he consumes the grandmother and red riding hood and he's like, whoa, I think you you ate those people because why aren't they here? And then while he's asleep, they cut his stomach open. Mm-hmm. And then they're still alive. <laughs> so <laughs> Little Red jumps out and her grandmother's like struggling to breathe, but comes out okay. And then they fill his stomach with heavy rocks and sew him back up. Still, he doesn't wake up. <laughs> And so when he gets up, so in case he was going to be too mad, now he's too heavy to run. (laughs) Wow. I actually didn't know it originally went in that direction. Yeah. So, I mean, like, no one died. It was just weird. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. Still Um, don't know how these stories were for kids. But, I mean, at the same time, kids used to be intense. Does anything happen after that? I thought there was more. No, like that was like it. The audiobook for this one was like 12 minutes. Oh, okay. I thought there were like more things that happened after, but maybe that's just me remembering Hoodwinked and Into the Woods too vividly. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, they just leave. I think the grandmother even gets to consume the wine. Like, I think everything's fine. Oh, so... a. Uh, Happy ending, I guess. You just gotta dissect a wolf. But he's fine, too. Oh. 
Well, are they yeah. friends? No. Just, but, like, he's just really heavy with rocks now. They send him on his way to be over-encumbered for life. Yeah, I guess. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I so I didn't really that. know those details, but it was a little bit different. Well, I... Yeah. That's crazy. And these stories are so different from, like, the ones that were familiar and, like, kids are told these days. Yeah. Um, I will go into my quick one. I have a, a, a kind of quick one and then a longer one. But I read The Little Mermaid by Hans Christian Andersen, which is extremely different from the Disney movie. Um, and she does not have a daughter named Melody, unfortunately, because that's my favorite installment. Little Mermaid 2 is better than the first one. All oh, sequels are always better with Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I made Gabe watch it, and I don't think he liked it, but it's okay. <laughs> that um, was a movie about bad parenting, if I'm not mistaken. It was. They were real shitty parents. But can you blame them? Because they met for like five minutes, and then suddenly they were married and had to figure out how to raise a kid together. So mm-hmm. they didn't know what they were doing. Anyway, um, so the original story is kind of this, kind of similar to begin with. Ariel saves um, the prince. I don't even know if her name's Ariel. I don't think so. Um, But the mermaid saves Prince Eric from death at sea. Um, And then she wants to become human so badly. So she goes to the sea witch. um, But instead of like trading her voice for legs, um, the sea witch cuts out her tongue. Oh. Um, Yeah, great. And then instead of just giving her legs, because she is an evil sea witch, she has legs, but every time she walks on them, it's like horrible pain, like she's walking on shards of glass. Um, So she puts up with all this to go find her prince. And in the end, she doesn't even end up with the prince. He ends up marrying someone else who has convinced him that she was the one who saved his life. So it, and then... She's just left with horrible, painful legs and no tongue. And that's The Little Mermaid. <laughs> I kind of like that version. I do too, but Disney definitely took their liberties. Wow. Um, yeah, it's actually equally as impressive, I guess, that they managed to salvage that story into what became the animated movie. <laughs> was there a Sebastian the Crab? It certainly was not. Well, I don't, I don't even so, like anyway. this story. It's stupid were there, without the crab. Wait, this might be a dumb question, and I may have missed it, but were there even any named characters in The Little Mermaid originally? Um, That I don't remember. I don't think so. I noticed a lot of these grim fairy tales had didn't really have named characters in them. Yeah, this the next story I'm going to talk about, Um, I won't do it right now, I'll let Gabe go, but there's... A whole cast of characters, but only one of them has a name. So it's kind of weird because they'll be referred to as like the brother and then Marlene. So it's like, why only give one of them a name? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Anyway, Gabe, do you want to go into one of yours? Yeah. um, And that's funny because mine is all about a name because I read uh, Rumpelstiltskin, which I kind of remembered from when I was a little kid, but... I don't think it was this version I was familiar with, this original iteration, because there's nothing. This is just 
I don't know who like why this exists, and I think that's still debated to this day. Because um, basically, what happens is there's this girl and her father who is a miller, and apparently, this miller's daughter she is just so beautiful, and his dad her her dad is very proud of her hair, I guess. Um, at least in one of the uh, iterations, I believe that is revealed. Um, and he goes to the king of this place that they live in, wherever that is, unnamed, and is just says, oh, I want to be friends with the king. And you know how I can do that? I'm going to tell him that my daughter can make hay turn into gold. Just just because that's a nice lie and that's the best one I can come up with. And this will I can totally follow uh follow this one through. So then the father is just like, hey, surprise, guess what you're doing tonight? I'm gonna lock you up in a barn with a bunch of straw, and you are expected to turn this straw in this in this spool and turn it into gold. And if you don't by morning, you're going to get killed. (laughs) And that's just, that's where it begins. And I'm like, all right. So this is a predicament. (laughs) I feel like parents used to just want to terrify their kids out of bad behavior. Yeah. It's like, if you don't, well, the the thing is the story doesn't even like, she didn't do anything wrong. She just existed. And the dad's like, I'm going to exploit you in an impossible way. A million years ago. So they were like, parents didn't even want to exert any effort on hitting their children. They just wanted to scare them. Yeah, Yeah. When I was looking up fairy tales, I saw one comment that was like, um, back in the day, parents didn't want to like soothe their kids to sleep with a bedtime story. They wanted to scare them until they passed out and slept through the night. And then they were, yeah. That doesn't sound reliable. <laughs> I know, but with and these stories, like I would have been scared. Just wow. imagine the fear that you could hold over a kid by being like, look, this girl just had nice hair like you. And then I threatened to kill them. Right. So distrust in your parents. That's a great thing to uh, reinforce. No, you just all you have to be the ultimate servant to your parents so you don't get locked in a barn. Oh, my God. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. So um, (laughs) so she's just chilling like the the original versions, literally like she the hours passed locked in this barn and she just uncontrollably sobbed in misery. And I'm like. Well, yeah, because you're about to die because you're given this impossible nightmare of a task. And then this little dude shows up who's like a goblin or something. And he's like, hey, uh, I can help you with this. And then she's like, oh, sweet. And he's like, but you have to give me something in return. And she's like, "Okay." And she offers him her necklace. And then... uh, they go ahead and actually fulfill the request together. And the dad's like, whoa, I can't believe it. And then the he tells the king about it. He's like, oh, she made so much more. Like, you, you won't believe. And then he's like, oh, okay. Well, introduce me to her, please. And then um, she is tasked to make even more straw turn into gold for this king. And with the help of 
the unnamed at this point, Rumpelstiltskin, um, she manages to put more together. And the king's like, you know what? This, you might just be an average peasant girl, but because you are an unlimited source of riches, I want to marry you. And then Rumpelstiltskin shows up as the time passes again. He's the goblin, right? Yeah, he's a little goblin. And he's okay. been gone for a bit. And uh, she has a baby with the king. And then Rumpelstiltskin's like, oh, by the way, give me your baby. <laughs> and she's like, no. And he's like, well, if you can guess my name, you don't need to give me your baby. And she's like, all right. So she goes all around town learning every name she possibly can. Because how are you supposed to guess Rumpelstiltskin of all names? And she goes through him and he's like, that's not my name. That isn't it. And uh, eventually she actually does say, well, it must be Rumpelstiltskin. And then he has a meltdown and... Like, I can't even believe this is how the story ends. He just freaks out and says, the devil told you this, or you, someone evil told you my name in frustration. And then he, he stomps his foot and gets stuck in the floor. He, he basically gets himself in a physical predicament and ends up tearing himself in half from the legs up. And then he dies, and that's the end of the story. Whoa. Oh my god. <laughs> he just has a meltdown because she guessed his name, and I guess she didn't have to give away her baby. Also, like, I hope she's okay with the king and all that, but I I guess hopefully that all worked out, that dad's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, the theme in all of, like, the, the Grimm Brothers fairy tales is, like, the devil and, like, the evil one, and that's capitalized. <laughs> It's in like every single one. They just talk about the devil. Like, yeah, but it, when did they come out again? What was the like, era? The early 1800s. Yeah, that seems like pretty in line with everything at that time the, in the Christian yeah, but it's world. Like, can't you write about like one other thing that's not the devil? So many of no, them it's involve the 1800s. The devil caused everything. So many. The of them devil in... caused the plague. Like parents abandoning their children or just parents not being good. And then later I've learned um, in further editions that they changed it to step parents being evil, um, which you yeah. like might know from like Cinderella and stuff. And that's because people caught on there like, you know, it's kind of weird to get uh, all these, you know, children's stories inspiring our youth to, you know, be distrusting and scared of their biological parents. But you know who's always a great scapegoat? The step-parent. And yeah. then step-parents were witches and evil people. And uh, that's kind of just what happened as a half-assed mm -hmm. revision. Yeah, my second one is about an evil stepmom. <laughs> uh, Hansel and Gretel's that way. Yeah, but, it's the stepmom that insists on leaving them in the woods. And that one I did yeah. confirm was actually the biological parent, that mo mother, biological mother mm -hmm. that abandoned the kids. Okay. Yeah, not a step parent. That was So changed. I must have been reading a revised. Oh yeah, it's kind of kind of have to dig just a little bit to get the originals because the ones published nowadays I think went through 
at least two or three revisions over the following hundred years. Um, yeah. One one interesting thing I found while looking into Rumpelstiltskin is uh, kind of a way that folklore is categorized by, um, I guess, people that study that. Folkloristics is what it's called. There's something called the Arne Thompson Uther Index, um, or ATU index. And basically what that does is it basically categorizes every type of fairy tale or folklore story that has a common theme or moral. And it kind of helps everyone keep track of like how these sort of shaped up over history and how far back they go. Because the concept of like uh, the unnamed goblin guy showing up um, and making this girl guess his name or else he was going to take something away from her was something that apparently can be traced back even before this uh, Grimm Brothers story in history. And examples of this uh, ATU index is like, for example, like Jack and the Beanstalk would fall under ATU number 328, which is the boy steals ogre's treasure, which if you think about it is something that's commonly reused and there's like ATU 425C that's beauty and the beast um and everything that could possibly be considered a beauty and the beast ripoff would follow uh, fall under that as well um so there's there's hundreds as you can tell of those and i just thought that was really interesting cuz that's like a very early and thoroughly documented trope library that i didn't know existed because this goes back like a hundred years that is super interesting i didn't know that yeah i I did like just a little bit of research there's a guy on youtube that actually goes over a lot of the messed up origins of fairy tales and folklore called john solo and if you want to check out if you're into this sort of thing, he has, he goes over like pretty much all of them. And um, I would say some of the knowledge I gained, I would say he contributed to watching his videos. I will make sure that I link him in the description. And if I don't, you can call me out. <laughs> yep. Sounds good. Awesome. Rachel, do you have another one? Yeah. So the other one that I went over was Rapunzel, which I think Gabe said he kind of mm-hmm. kind of might have done a little too. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a weird... It's weird. So basically, in what I'm not sure might not have been the original now, maybe I, this one was revised too, but um, there's these parents who have a baby, but they want this... L'enfant. But they want this... <laughs> Rampion, which is growing in their neighbor's garden, which it's I weed. looked up. That's well, it's pretty. It's like a purple flower, but you can eat it. And they, the the mom is like, she just stares at it out her window and like looks at her husband. And she's like, I want that so bad to eat right now. And if I don't, I'm gonna die. <laughs> and and, and the, her husband's like, oh crap. Okay. So then he goes and he steals some and then she eats it and she's like, thanks. And the next day she's like, I need like twice as much today or I'm gonna die. And then he's like, well, crap. So he goes out again and then 
there's a wicked witch who lives there and she's like, why, what are you doing? This is my rampion. And he's like, oh, my wife said she's going to die if I don't give her some. And she's like, the witch is like, yeah, okay, but like, I want your daughter. And she, they're like, okay, my wife's going to die if we don't do this. Let's so give okay. up children again. Sounds good. <laughs> so they, she takes Rapunzel and she's super protective of her and puts her in like a weird tower situation and locks her in there and once a day orders her to throw down her hair so the witch can like climb up it and then just hang out but she's mean but they just <laughs> hang out and, and this one this like Rapunzel like accepts this as being like her mother so listens to everything that she says and then she's like alone for the majority of her day so she sings a lot and she was singing and while a prince was wandering by he was like whoa that sounds nice and then sees her and he's like well how will i ever get up there and then he sees the witch be like rapunzel throw it on your hair and climbs up he's like oh lit i guess i'll just do the same and he does and he gets up there and she gets per and he's like, marry me. And she's like, okay. And then um, his, her stepmother, no, like just witch captive person, <laughs> finds out and then goes up to see Rapunzel and is like, you have betrayed me and dishonored me. And he cuts her hair off and banishes her to like a freaking desert, but then keeps the hair. And then throws the hair down next time the prince comes. And then he comes up and he's like, whoa, you're a witch. And he's like, she's like, yeah, and you suck for like getting up on my daughter and pushes him out a window. And he falls into a bunch of thorns and it blinds him because you got thorns in the eye. So then he wanders around for years, unable to see trying to find his princess until eventually he stumbles across them in a weird desert situation and he doesn't know because he's blind but then she gets so excited and sees him and kisses him and then he cries and then he can see again oh my goodness and then they live happily ever after all i can think about right now is the amazing scene in Into the Woods when Meryl Street is like, Who out there could love you more than I? <laughs> Stay with me. <laughs> Whoa. Incredible. That's like my, like, that just gets me. Like, I think about that all the time on a weekly basis because... That's just a great Meryl Street moment, a good Rachel moment. Thank you for I've that performance. I've actually never seen that movie, but you're I thought welcome. we watched it. It's so good. Maybe we didn't. Not me. Highly recommend it after this conversation because it's just bellissimo, and that story I, is in it. I illegally snuck into that movie in the theaters. <laughs> and the and the imitation game, but I don't feel too bad about that one. Yeah. <laughs> free double feature yeah i did pay for one movie but i ended up staying for three (laughs) i feel like rapunzel is that about 
addiction and how it will make you lose your children. Because <laughs> I feel like that is what I interpreted from that story. I mean, yeah, don't eat too much Rampion. Things you'll do for drugs, you'll give up your kids. The Enchantress I mean, is just a dealer, and they're stealing from her true, garden. It's true, but it starts out with her just looking at it like, I really need that or I'm going to die. But at that point, she had never had it before. I don't know. Maybe she went to the club and she saw some people in the bathroom doing some lines and she's just thought about it like, but doesn't want to ask. Mm. People who are addicts are born with like that in their brain. So I feel like even if she's never had it, she's like, I know that I need it and I want it. I think it, I think that's what it is. And I want to see a like movie or a book of a Rapunzel um, retelling that has to do with addiction because I think that would be amazing. The only the thing the only thing that takes me back aback from the whole addiction theory is that in the version that I read, it specifically said she made a salad, and I was like, I just kind of laughed because I was like oh, immediately yeah, well, thinking drugs, and she was like making a salad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Uh, so my second one is um, not well known. I don't know if there are any adaptations. There certainly is not a Disney one, um, but I want there to be because I would love to know what Disney would do with this. Um, and this story is called The Juniper Tree, which is by the Grimm Brothers. Did either of you read this one? I want to say know. like maybe, but I'll only know when I hear it. Okay. So. This is about a couple who wanted a kid like really, really badly, and they had a big old juniper tree in their yard. Um, so every day the woman would go outside and she would pray in front of this juniper tree. And then one day she accidentally cut herself and she bled on the snow. And then she prayed for a child that was as red as blood and as white as snow. And I really don't understand what that means, because what part of the child is red and what part of the child is white? I don't want to think about that. Like, why do you want a red child? Anyway, that really confused me because I was trying to picture it. I couldn't. Um, so then she like got this feeling and she just knew it was going to happen. And then months go by and every day she's like out by the juniper tree. And then it happens and she gets her child. And when she sees her son, she's so happy that she dies on the spot. Um, her husband Whoa. is really upset and then goes and buries her under the tree. And then... Eventually, he remarries, and him and his new wife have a daughter named Marlene, the only character that's named. So his new wife loves loves their daughter, but hates his son. And there's this really weird thing with an apple where Marlene comes up to her mom and is like, Mom, can I have an apple? And she's like, oh, of course, my beloved daughter. And then Marlene's like, well, what about my brother? Can he have an apple? And then this like pisses the mom off so bad and is like, you don't get an apple until your brother gets an apple. And then she puts them back in this like big chest where they keep the apples. I don't know why it's a chest. And then um, the son wasn't home. But then when he comes home, she like convinces him to eat an apple. Like it's not even like he wants one. She's like, you want an apple. Go get an apple. So then she opens the chest and he sticks his head in to reach in to grab an apple. And then while he's in there, she slams it shut and it decapitates him. Whoa. Um, yeah. So then after that, this is also like 
this whole story says that like the evil one was was forcing her to do this. The evil one was taking over. Then she got scared. So what she did was she propped him up on a chair and tied his head back on with a white scarf um, and then put the apple in his hand. So then the sister doesn't see any of this. And then she comes and she's like, hey, you got an apple. Can I have your apple? And he doesn't answer. So she goes to her mom and she's like, hey, my bro's not answering me. And the mom's like, well, go ask him another question. And then if he doesn't answer, I want you to smack him upside the head. So she does. Oh, my gosh. She's like, she's like, hey, I want your apple. And he doesn't answer, obviously, because he's dead. So she smacks him upside the head and his head flies off. And then she's like, oh, my God, I just decapitated my brother. And she goes to her mom and her mom's like, oh, my God, what have you done? And just like <laughs> blames her. Is this hereditary? <laughs> I think it might be. Um, And then the logical thing to do from here is her mom's like, well, nobody can know. So what we're going to do is we're going to cook him into a stew. Why the stew? Why? I don't know. So they do. And then the story makes it clear that the, the daughter was crying so much that um, the stew didn't need any salt because her tears made it salty enough. Um, wow. <laughs> so then the dad comes home and he's like, where's my son? And the mom's just like, oh, she went, he went to go live with a distant aunt. And the dad's like, all right. And then has some stew. And then the stew is so delicious that he's like, this is all mine. None of you can have any. So he eats the whole pot of stew. And the whole time he's like taking the bones and he's cleaning them off. And then he's throwing them under the table And then afterwards, Marlene takes all the bones, wraps them up in a scarf, and then goes and puts them in front of the juniper tree. Um, And then this weird thing happens, and a bird flies out of the tree, and the bird starts singing a song, and the song is, My mother, she killed me. My father, he ate me. My sister, Marlene, gathered all my bones, tied them in a silken scarf, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet, what a beautiful bird am I. <laughs> what? And then <laughs> the but bird... But the mother didn't kill him. Oh, the other mother did. Oh, she did. Yeah. Yeah, he calls he calls the stepmom his mother. Okay, gotcha. Um, so then he goes around singing the song, and everyone, like, random people in the town are like, oh my god, that song's so beautiful, can you sing it again? But every time he gets asked to sing it again, he's like... And not unless you pay me. So he makes people pay him and he gets a gold chain, bright red shoes and a big old millstone. And then he goes back to the juniper tree and the dad and Marlene come out and they're like, oh, that song is so beautiful. And then the bird gives the chain to his dad and then the shoes to his sis. And then his mom this whole time is having like a full mental breakdown, feels like she's dying, racked with guilt and she comes out because she wants the bird to make her feel better. And when she comes out, the bird throws the millstone at her and crushes her to death. And then the boy came back to life and him and his sister and his dad went back inside and ate dinner and everyone was happy. Whoa. And that is the, the fairy tale. <laughs> That's a lot. Don't you want to see a Disney adaptation of that? Yeah. Not a Disney adaptation, but... Tim Burton. A scary version. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of Coraline-esque. I could see a good... 
um, Tim Burton adaptation. Yeah. Friggin' Grim Brother. Like, who are these guys and why were they so know. weird? I don't know if they necessarily, like, wrote all of these themselves. I'm pretty They sh- did. It was two of them, wasn't it? There, I think there's yeah. three. I thought they collected these various ideas and then kind of worked on them over the years and then put them in this book. Well, why would they do that? They're weird. I don't know. Their names are like Timothy and Chad or something. Definitely. I feel like it was particularly innovative at the time to make short stories such as these to be purchased and shared rather than just word of mouth because they needed to solidify them somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have another one, Gabe? Uh, no, not really. It was Jacob oh. and Willem. I was so what? close. Were they German? Yeah, Wilhelm. Yes. Yeah. Jakob. Wilhelm Green. Wilhelm. Very flemmy. Well, if those are all the stories that we have, I will go into my question. And it is very fitting that Mr. Marbles came to lay on my lap Um, because my question today is, since so many of the old fairy tales involve talking animals, if you could ask your pet only one question and they would answer in English truthfully, what would you ask? Um, I would ask a loaded question like, what do you think of throughout the run of a day? That's, a That's good an one. interesting question. I, I would a, love to know what my cats think. I have a burning question for my cat that I think is the most important that would help me just be at peace. And Ooh, what is it? Because he seems to be a fussy baby and he screams a lot. So I would just ask him this. Do I feed you enough food? <laughs> and if he says no, then I'll give him more food. He's gonna say no because he constantly tries to manipulate for more food. But he, the thing is, he doesn't eat it after a certain point anyway. So I'm like, how much food do you actually want? Yeah, it's true. Or maybe he would like, maybe it would backfire and he'd be like, I don't like this food. I like this food. And it'd be something impossible to obtain. And that or would be, be the like, only like, thing. Torture. And he'd be like, I don't like this food. And then would stop talking. And then you'd never know what food he does like. Well, I would yeah. trial and error. And if he kept eating it, I'd have to just deal with it. I've seen horrible videos of people feeding their cats live baby chickens. Oh, Why? that's upsetting. I don't think any of our cats would eat like a chick, a live animal. I just don't think so. I don't think. I think they would play with it. Yeah. And, and not maybe not in a nice way. Yeah. I would ask Apples if she loves me because she's very grumpy and I just want to know if we're friends or not. Yeah, that's an important question. I know she would say no to me because I squeeze her too much. But yeah, um, I don't know what I would ask Marbles because we are best friends. We have a spiritual connection already. I don't need to know anything. Just want to know how can I make his life better? Yeah, he deserves the best. He seems. Oh, oh, you know what? You should ask him. Why do you pee on the floor? Yeah, he pees right in front of the litter box. Like, what would would he like? What would he want? Yes, I have changed up the litter situation in every way I can think of, and he still pees right in front of it. 
So that is a great question. I would love to know. Amazing. Yeah, so that is our episode. Mm-hmm. Wait, Rachel, you have a dog and two rabbits. Would you ask them all the same question? Yes. Oh. Oh. Okay. That's fair. I get, I get to see so much insight. I feel like rabbits would have different things to say. Yeah. I feel like it'd be really interesting for Maverick, but then when it comes to your bunnies, I feel like they just... I don't know. I feel like rabbits don't have a lot going on up there. Is that rude? Well, I guess that the only way to find out is asking, what do you think of in the run of a day? And then if they go, nothing, I'm like, oh, you're just really dumb. (laughs) And if they're like, oh, these are my thoughts, at least I get a glimpse. Yeah, I kind of just want to know, like, what our pets... um, like what they think like our relationship to them is because I read that they think that we're just like big dumb kittens and they take care of us but dogs like think of their owners like as their parents Uh so like do you think I'm your mom or do you think you're my dad (laughs) (laughs) these are important questions yeah anyway yeah that is our episode Our book club pick this month is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, and that will be going up on January 29th. So if you would like to join, get yourself a copy of The Alchemist and read along with us. And we will be doing a full discussion, a non-spoiler section and a spoiler section. And we would love to have you. Um, You can find me at Wit and Wisdoms on Twitter and YouTube. You can find me on Abrams Records on Twitter. And I am Bored Seed on Twitter. Our official Twitter is at Blanket for Book. You can find our podcast in anywhere that you want to listen to podcasts. And thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs>